I'm Alex Marlowe, and this is the Breitbart News Daily Podcast. Today, kind of a funky show, but I think in a good way. In the first segment, Jerome Hudson co-hosts with me, and we begin by identifying who I believe is the worst person in the world, and I'm barely exaggerating. Her name is Eileen Gu. Uh, she's been discussed on the show once or twice, but it's become crystal clear to me that she is uh, the face of the CCP at this time. She's an American who trained in California, cut her teeth in Colorado. It is headed to Stanford and just won the gold in the Olympics for the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, she is sports washing genocide, and she's the glamorous face of the dictatorial oppressive regime that also inflicted the global pandemic on us all that we're all still suffering through. Uh, and this is just clear evidence of what's wrong with globalism, the Olympics, and the American media who isn't just supporting her, is actually trying to make her a superstar. I explain all of this when Jerome uh, dives in as well in the beginning of the show. Uh, Joe Rogan is still convinced that he should apologize to the mob, confirming yet again that he's not the free speech warrior we all want him to be. Many states have dropped mask mandates, but some far-left cities are still keeping them, especially for children, which is very odd. But overall, I think we're making some progress here because not only are we returning to science, the mask never worked, remember, but it also shows you that the left is feeling very vulnerable politically, that they're pulling back from their precious masks that have been used to oppress us for the last couple of years. It's a clear sign of weakness, and I explain that as well. Of course, we give you an update on the Ottawa trucker convoy, and we get into a harrowing story of an elderly man who is beaten by police for honking his car horn, which I guess is illegal in the Great White North. Yikes. And we give you many more details and we start to tease what I believe will be one of the stories of the year, potentially with a, a convoy that is, I think, beginning to get formed that will uh, go across the United States. We get into that just a touch as well. Our guest today, Congressman Kevin Brady, the top Republican on tax and finance, who and he talks about just how bad the Biden inflation is and why it's actually affecting the poor and minority communities the most. Uh, it's very logical, but I don't think anyone's phrased it that way. Plus some of the details on the Democrats, hoax, China bill, and much more. Then Duck Commander Phil Robertson returns to the show. He's got a new book. And we discuss how uh, maybe the solution to cancel culture is a return to faith. If done thoughtfully, uh, this could be the answer to everything that ails us. So uh, that is the show for today. It's a good one. We'll be right back with the headlines after this quick break. I want to start with, I think we've identified the worst person in the world. I really do. I think we actually know who the worst person in the world is. And we're referring to her by part now as Genocide Barbie, uh, who is Eileen uh, Gu, who ditched the USA in the Olympics to win gold for the Chinese. Uh, she is someone who is incredibly woke. Um, she is going to bring racial justice for us all. She is someone who's uh, very good at sports, benefited from Everything America has to offer and then went and competed for the evil Chinese regime. Sports washing is the expression that you see in sports media to make China look really good. Uh, I, it was something we identified first at Breitbart and we were the first to report on them. We reported on uh, her the most robustly of anyone. There's other athletes like her, but none are in line to win all these gold medals. And the more I think about it, the more I realize how purely evil this is. And I'm not mincing words. This is purely evil to take a dictatorial genocidal regime that is no free press, that inflicted a pandemic on the world, that is interning people as we speak, that is genociding people as we speak, and to act like they are the superior nation in the United States 
of America, the greatest nation, the most benevolent nation for all of our faults that's ever existed, uh, is not should not be acceptable to the American public and the American culture. Yet there is almost an entire media blackout. As you might expect. I mean, it's, she should have these questions hounded on her for the rest of her life. Like, it's it's not that she won gold for China. She won gold for the war, the, the country of one-child policy, the country yeah. of organ harvesting. China has hundreds of concentration camps. We really only talk about the largest one. Because, sure. Well, there's between one to two million people in there. She's 18 years old, um, but I, I don't give her any pass, and I'm sure people might want to give her a pass. She's dedicated, I'm sure, many years of her young life to getting to this stage, but at some point, someone around her, a coach, a parent, you think, confidant, a friend, would pull her aside and say, look, you are 18, you could definitely come back, what, four years later, start training up in two, qualifying, but don't do it this one, sit this one out. <laughs> well, there's also an element of it where, it, it, just because she probably hasn't morally thought through all these issues, and is not, and I'm not saying if I was 18, I could have told you every single genocide that was happening uh, around the world. I'm sure I couldn't have. But when you have that position in sports, someone has to get to her. Someone had to explain to her that this is going on. And there are people around her that are allowing for this to happen. And she's an adult. And I, I don't think it, I think it's time to not hold back and to, and to make celebrities, superstars out of these people who are doing the bidding of the Chinese regime. And if uh, China's so great, why does she want to go to school at Stanford? Why did her family raise her in California? Uh, it, it is all something that is, um, I, I think she was on the cover of Vogue. It, it's the, we're elevating this, we're celebrating it. And it's something that I think makes crystal clear that this is, uh, the, the, it, we have been compromised in a major way in this country. What's ironic is, going back to the, the first thing that I said, is that she would have been aborted uh, under China's old rules. She's a girl. They didn't want girls. Uh, the Chinese government passed the law, I believe, a couple of years ago that they're now incentivizing that Chinese families have three babies. But that's the whole point. Like The, the, the legacy and the irony of it is, is, is quite, quite stunning. But, but you're absolutely right. Um, and I, I think... What happened is the wrong people got to her. She yeah. got PR people. She got publicists, people promising her uh, big, big gobs of money, fame, and the like. And, I mean, you look at her on the cover there. Um, she's she's bought and sold at this point. Sad. Uh, it's very sad. And I think it's representative of what is bad about the globalist community, that this is what the Olympics, Olympics encourages this. They encourage the freedom-loving countries to get penalized um, because... There are stupid people here uh, and encourages the dictatorial communist countries to win out because they got the games, you know, and, you know, the, the World Health Organization leader carrying the torch as if there isn't a global pandemic still going on. We're, we're, our death toll right now in the United States is much higher than it was a year ago. It's a hello. It's the we're in the middle of this thing. The Chinese virus is still happening. That can't be true because so many Democrat governors are, are loosening restrictions. It can't be worse, not not with all the science pointing in the direction that the that the restrictions be lifted. How do you square that? I don't know. There's no way to square it. And I'm just wondering if anyone had the same reaction that we had, that it just seemed to solidify once we got to the point where she's winning gold medals, whereas America has no gold medals at this point. Not to say we're keeping track that closely at Breitbart, but uh, America is not doing well in these Olympics. It's the worst we've done. I think we're in like 17th place medals-wise 
And now we've got uh, one of our athletes that we've trained that has grown up in our system and is betraying the country. And I just thought it was uh, pretty stunning. And I think this is going to make a difference. I think there's a lot of people who like the Olympics who are liberals, who are not Trump voters, who are not uh, into Trump, who are watching this and they're going, what is going on here? We are glamorizing communism. This is literally glamorizing communism and we're rewarding it. And it, it has to be called out in, in a major way, which is a good role for Breitbart. You know, we're something that will do this. A lot of people will be afraid. They'll think that this is unfair. We're picking on people who don't deserve it. We're picking on people who are too young or something. It, it, it's a, this is communism. It doesn't have to do with any one individual. This is the person who's become the face of the communist regime at this time. I think you're seeing it reflected, I think, for a number of reasons. The, the ratings are so low, um, but I, I do believe that you're right. On the one hand, this is sort of a metaphor, given the fact that we can probably clearly say that the Chinese Communist Party has bought our, the president yeah. of the United States. This 18-year-old girl, I think you said it uh, perfectly, I mean... Unfortunately, there are a lot of stupid people in this in this country. There are, uh, the the irony here couldn't be clear. I mean, growing up in the United States and then going to participate uh, and win gold for uh, 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 essentially a Nazi regime, um, I think it's the height of of disgust. Um, and I mean, in any in any way in your life that you can, and I do know that sometimes it's nearly impossible. We all have to make the person, every time you look at this woman's face, uh, which is just, I mean, she just, it's just cold look on her face. I mean, that's the face of the people who really want us all to be speaking Mandarin. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. And this is where we're going to sit by and we're going to watch it for the most part because it's uncomfortable to talk about how uncomfortable it is. So that's something that uh, I'm, I'm very good at talking about uncomfortable things. People in my personal life know this very well. I make a point to do it <laughs> at, at, at all times when I have the opportunity. All right, Jerome, next one, another culture one. Um, uh, Joe Rogan is saying that the attacks on him are a political hit job, um, but he also is kind of pushed back on the right, says that it's important to apologize when you think you've done something wrong. I get him apologizing for when the N-word stuff came out, particularly that insane story about how comparing Planet of the Apes to Africa to parts of Philadelphia, which I, I, I love your take on that. That, that one, it didn't seem overly defensible to me in whatever context. But he was apologizing the second the mom came from him. He allowed for his show to get censored. He allowed for his show to get a disclaimer put on it. Um, and then he vowed to change his show in the face of public pressure from who? Neil Young? Is it, it, who's more relevant than the culture right now? And I just think that it's becoming crystal clear this guy is not the free speech hero and free speech warrior that we want him to be. We, we all want heroes, and we want this guy to be the guy, but he's not the guy. He can't be the guy. You can't be that guy while also holding the nine-figure uh, back. That, that doesn't work. If you're Joe Rogan, you have to know that whatever platform... And whatever space you were able to operate before you signed on with Spotify, all of that was going to change as soon as you walked through that corporate door. And I think this is him uh, trying to thread the needle here. You, you're absolutely right, though. As soon as he started apologizing, I thought that the leverage had changed. I mean, Daniel Eck continuing to speak to his staff, who I'm pretty sure are banging his door down, yes. to kick Joe Rogan off of that platform. Um, what is that going to do? It kicks Rogan off the platform. You get into a legal battle that gets drawn out for many years. You probably lose 10 million uh, regular subscribers, if, if, if not something close to that. Um, and then you, 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 you set a terrible precedent in terms of free speech 
the Grammy winner T-Pain said, well, if you kick Joe Rogan off, there's a lot of music that Spotify would have to actually strip off as well. I mean, there's a little nuance to that argument there, but... Well, what's his argument? T-Pain? Yeah. There's like a lot of rap lyrics, uh, us, us talking about killing each other ah. and using certainly sure. the N-word. Yeah, no, I, um, well, that's what I'm saying. Who wants to play this cancel game? I mean, they were getting The Rock earlier. It's like... And The Rock's done, it, it, it is annoyingly protective of his image to make sure he's annoyingly pristine. And they still found some trans joke he made doing a WWE match. We all care way too much about The Rock now. And it just, it's just, now we're going to play this game. Well, I'm going to cancel this guy. Now I'm going to cancel this guy. <laughs> and here's the trick. And we saw this coming at Bright Park because we were the original canceled people. Never apologized to anyone for anything. And it, it is, we could see a mile away, this, was ne this would never stop. The mob would never be uh, cajoled. The mob would never be satisfied. They clearly wanted blood. That's all they wanted. And anything to appease them, make their life easier was going to backfire. It was not going to work. It was going to have no positive effect. It all it was going to do was a lead to this leveling, this ratcheting up of cancel culture. And now here we are where actually it was Donald Trump and people like us, like we're the wrong ones for saying that Rogan shouldn't have, shouldn't have rolled over to these guys. I love what, what Donald Trump said, by the way. I'm just thinking like, uh, if you're Roseanne Barr, how are, what do you think these days? Because yeah. if you're Whoopi Goldberg, what are you thinking now? The whole Planet of the Apes joke, as Joe Rogan said, it's it's terrible in in in, in every context. But you know, I, maybe disagree a little bit with you. I don't think they're going to kick him off. It's just it's. They just, might not. They might not. It's just too messy. It's just yeah. Messy. They, they, well, and also we didn't get the flood of the Taylor Swifts and the Rolling Stones and the, you know, the 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 the, the, the younger people coming in and saying, "Well, you can't have my music." Why do you think that is? Do you think it's political, or do you think they don't own their their uh, enough of their rights to do it? Yeah, no. Uh, Neil Young sold half of his catalog, so he wasn't actually. Uh, he's also Neil Young, who yeah. knows how much he's he's worth. Um, Joni Mitchell, Andy Ari, all these people are still touring. Um, I, I I think part ideological. I don't think they really care about the financial aspect of it. But again, we're also talking about a, a, a group of maybe the most self-centered people in the world, right. maybe the most self-important people in the world. I mean, you ask Neil Young about inflation, about gas prices, about grocery prices. Neil Young, who does Neil Young speak for? I mean, seriously. Old men. No, and the old, old hippies. But, you know, his music's good. So yeah. that's the thing. His music is good. I, by the way, I listen to a lot more Neil Young, I think, on Spotify than I do It's, it's amazing. I was like, eh, I haven't touched it in a while. Let me see. It's good. <laughs> it's good. It's, 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 but, but look, I don't... Everyone is cornered here by Spotify, which I subscribe to because there's nothing like it. And it's a, I'm off of Netflix, as the audience knows, because I don't need it. There's enough stuff that doesn't offend me that much. Yeah. By the way, Jerome, your book, um, 50 Things I Don't Want You to Know, is very instrumental in that. Because you made Netflix look like actually the worst of all the Silicon Valley tech companies, which is impossible because Google still exists. But yeah. you you'd made it seem like it was right up there. Yeah, donating to Hillary Clinton 96 to 1... Um, and that was, I mean, that's the executive level, the people who sort of have to tell us who they're donating to politically, uh, was, was, <laughs> it stunned my editor. Yeah. Who's also Peter's editor. So, yeah. No, <laughs> so next one that's up is I want to talk about uh, the mask mandates. Uh, I had a funny conversation, uh, with, uh, Mrs. Dr. Marlowe, who's a l literal medical professional a day or two ago, uh, when I shared with her exciting news that the, they're lifting mask mandates everywhere. But then I explained to her that actually in uh, local ordinances are going to win out. 
And then three hours later, I said, yeah, it looks like basically every city is going to keep the mask mandates, even though the states are dropping them. But like all the major states are dropping them. All the major cities are still keeping them. But what's interesting is if you look at the cases right now and if you look at the death toll, they're so high that it's purely political. You can tell it's the mass that have never really done anything. But we actually have cases right now that are, I think, like five times the rate that they were a year ago and the death toll twice what it was a year ago. I think it's clear that the mask didn't work. And here we are in free Florida. I, I, I don't even know where my mask is. It's the <laughs> first time in forever. I couldn't tell you if I have one on me. It's amazing. What's going to happen when Gavin Newsom, who went out and tweeted and announced that the state can, uh, counties, if they want to opt in, can drop their mask mandates the day after Valentine's Day. The Super Bowl is February 13th. Now, L.A. is apparently going to keep their mask mandate, but you're literally having tens of thousands of people coming to L.A. They're having concerts. They're throwing parties. There's going to be this Super Bowl in SoFi Stadium, which I'm pretty sure holds over 100,000 people. That's not the tailgating. Like, the cases are probably going to go up in L.A. County and therefore California. I think you're probably going to see some tension between Garcetti and Newsom. But that's kind of the point. Like, none of this and, and is based play on... out in states throughout the country. Yeah, as well. none of this is actually based in any sort of logic. No. I think some states are going uh, March 31st. Some are loosening in the uh, county, but not in schools. Okay, but you gotta you gotta love you gotta love um, Illinois, which is the best, which is their uh, JB Pritziger. Yeah. It was just a just a trip to look at. Every time you look at him, those of you who don't know what he looks like, do yourself a favor. Go to your favorite non Google search engine. Very odd-looking person. Let's put it that way. And uh, he is relieving the state of the mass mandates unless you're in school. So literally, <laughs> the place where it makes the least sense, that's where with the kids, where it's actually harming their development, then, then, then it must continue. What 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 do we expect from a Super Mario Brothers supervillain? I mean, he he really does look he, very Super Mario. The Brothers. mayor of DC has the name, but boy, he has the affect. There. Wow, that's a good call, Bowser. <laughs> that's right. Was that a Mario character? I was not a video game. I guy, think but. he was the big bad boss. The Marlowe parents were not a video game family, and I uh, thank them for that. I think it helped very much. So anyway, that's that's where we're at. So uh, keep an eye out for your mask mandates dropping off, and uh, by all means, just stop wearing them anyway and uh, make people harass you, put them on, and call them a fascist, which I've taken to doing, um, which is highly enjoyable, especially when they're hippies with, you know, shaved one side of the head. That, that's the new look. Like you shave side just the side of your head and like flip your hair to the side with the long hair. Like that's that's the move. That's how you send a signal that you love mass and, and uh, vaccine You're passports. Probably on the, the, the LGBT2AA1 plus spectrum. How would I know? It's yeah. a, I don't have a, a radar for that type of stuff. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, back to culture for a minute. Um, Oscars came out with Best Picture nominees, and no one saw any of them, I don't think. I think some people saw Dune, and, and that there's 10 nominees, and I don't I haven't seen any of them. Um I used to watch all of them, um, and, uh, you know, this show was very influential in me not doing that because I would watch all of them thinking once a year we should talk about these things, what's going on, and um, the audience was totally uninterested. Um, I think there might be some good movies in this list, but no one will have seen any of those movies, and it's just a delight when you see how irrelevant these th these things are in the culture because I hate the people behind them. I know that's a little bit extreme, but that is just how I feel. I think a lot of the audience nodding along right now probably. This from John Nolte, quote, Hollywood is a masturbatory exercise in self-importance. Um, yeah. I, and, and 
I mean, you think about this, this is Steven Spielberg redoing West Side Story. Right. I do believe that it still has a rotten score from uh, not only audience, but reviewers. I mean, this is, this is sort of like the fall. I mean, yeah, Will Smith, I mean, it was a great, I thought it was a good movie. Um, but King but Richard. No, yeah, no, 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 he's right. I mean, it's very TV Phil. West Side Story is a little different narrative, though, because it, it I, I, incredibly well reviewed. It just no one saw it. It's just the biggest box office flop of Steven Spielberg's career. And everyone I talked to loved it who saw it. Like, literally, everyone loved it. Uh, it but they branded it as this woke rewriting of an American classic story where they corrected it because of Steven Spielberg now all of a sudden his mid 70s is woke now. And he's very in in line with with the Latinx, and there's lots of Latinx pandering, which is you know this uh, animated movie Encanto, which is the worst movie I've ever seen in my life, perhaps. <laughs> I mean, just pure Latinx pandering, and and that's the moment we're in. Is art is so far trumped by the, the, the by the ideology, so the aesthetics are just totally second rate relative to the ideology of of these movies, and it, and and if that's not the case. Everyone on my side of the aisle appears to be uh, so conscientious of that and so afraid of that, they're not going to these things. And you're being asked to pay. I, I, I looked at the price, $23 for the movie ticket Yeah, for just me. I can't imagine what you're in Kantu. I mean, that's a chunk of flesh, <laughs> yeah. considering like, the family. You can't ask me to pay for more for crap. Like, you know, it just keeps getting worse. You know, John Carney, our economic and finance editor, his brother... Um, but he's got five kids. And he said the, the, the trick to having five is you never go to anything where you have to pay for individual tickets. Like, that's the key. <laughs> you only do family activities where you don't do the individual. Family one. packs. Yeah. It's variety a, packs. You have one parking pass for the car. That's the best thing we can do. All right. So we got to do our trucker update. Uh, still the bright spot of the world aside from uh, it, it's getting a little bit mixed here. So you're seeing some progress. Uh, Alberta, I guess, is going to stop doing their vaccine uh, mandates. Um, but then you've got Justin Trudeau basically saying everyone in the convoys are Nazis and they're starting to make arrests and police are starting to get involved in this to shut it down because it is just looking so bad for uh, Justin Trudeau and the, the and the left in Canada. Do we even know where Trudeau is right now? I mean, is he still in the bunker or? Well, what? it's hard, it, it's hard to know because he's been known to use disguises, otherwise known as blackface. So sometimes he just melds in. With, so many times that he doesn't know how many. He times. doesn't know he how many times. It. It's just one of those things where I'm, I I never I, I it never crossed my mind that I would do that. Like in my and no. I, I I was always I lived to make people laugh until you know I got in the serious line of work. But yeah. it's like and, and the other thing is I'm not into cross dressing either. Like like the people oh, who God. think it's hilarious to you know. Wear a bustier if you're Jamie Fox on a living color in '93. Well, that actually was funny, but yeah. for the most part, yeah. it, it's oh, it, it doesn't work. It's a it, but, but Jamie Fox is that magic touch. He's he's not the example. But he couldn't do it now though. He couldn't do it now. Yeah. No, no, no way. Oh no, no, that's instant cancellation. Um, even as a bipoc, the seventy-year-old man being accosted and and, and beaten uh, by the police for yeah. honking his horn, apparently on the day that it was made illegal to honk your horn. Uh, was was one of those stories to me that sort of uh, this this is going to work this this is going to work because what the hell I, you made it illegal to hunk the horn I mean yeah, that's seventy eight by the way not even seventy this is sort of Francis Martel wrote for us at Breitbart that Ottawa police detained and brutalized seventy eight year old man identified as Jerry Charlebois 
on Monday for violating the ban imposed a day on honking car horns. Um, in my neck of the woods, there is a uh, overpass, a long overpass, almost tunnel-like, and everyone honks their horn when there's traffic on the overpass. It's, it's a sense of community. It's I love it. I do it every time. It's fun. It's a you're allowed to honk your horn. It's the what, what is this a free society or not? I guess it's Canada. Maybe it's not free. China has done this to us, and you see these headlines. Maybe it's maybe it's just not. I don't know if it's just me, but you see these headlines where you 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 just think about what China has done to us. People, a woman, dried up actress, yeah, punching a man in the face on on a plane for not wearing his mask. I remember the Jacksonville mayor has to decide whether or not groups can crowd on beach. I mean, that was early in the pandemic. There's like these headlines that if you're apolitical, um, if you're not really political at all, you sort of see them and you think they're a joke. No, not not a joke, not an SNL sketch. And then maybe that turns them on to the larger story. Maybe that gets them the Breitbart News. Or if you're in Canada, Rebel News, and they sort of they, they they get turned on to this, and you think this is crazy, this is wild. It just gets worse. What are these people doing? He, this you way? know, he, he's a retired janitor. He's four foot ten. He's eleven grandkids and four great grandkids, and the police just beat him down because he honked his horn, horn honking on the wrong day. Right. I mean, the, the the images are just surreal. That we have a Brightport News. And I, I just hope this this fires people up more than they already are. I know there's people on the move in the United States to organize, and we're going to champion them if they do. And I think that that is a uh, – it has to – we have to come up with some good out of this. And the truckers must continue, and they must come here. And we must start our own stuff and, and take Canada's a, example. Jerome, the last one, i got to pick your brain on this because you have been a Georgia resident in the past. Where are we at in the Stacey Abrams? Uh, torturing children with these stupid anti-science masks where while she wore no masks, and in fact insisted the kids wear masks to protect her, uh, who's a very unhealthy person, if you can't tell. Is, is, have you talked to anyone back home? I mean, is this rippling at all? I'm hoping it does. Uh, I talked to my mom. She doesn't like Stacey Abrams, um, but she didn't really give me an explanation. I said on the program, because I do know that you have a, a no fat shaming policy. I'm not sure if that's... If that's if it's a policy, but we try to avoid it. Absolutely, we do. And I, I think your point is the most salient. I mean, she. I said that she hasn't announced a running mate, but she is carrying a core morbidity with her on the campaign trail. I just thought it was. It's incredibly callous. You're unhealthy. Like yeah, you're the person. I made the mistake of reading the the potential likelihood that you will be sicker. That no. you may die if you are obese. I don't know if she's morbidly obese. She's morbidly obese. Why yeah. bring this woman in to, in to to be around your your young minds anyway? How many parents would have signed off on this had they known that the not governor uh, was going to be around their kids for Black History Month? Um, but it's disgusting, and hopefully it just breaks the dam. Because you got this wow. photo of Stacey Abrams massless around a lot of mass kids, and you got a 4'10", 78-year-old dude being beat by... Canada police for honking his horn. You think, he, you think we've gone crazy maybe a little bit? Up is down. Jerome Hudson well stated. This was a pleasure, Jerome, if we got yeah. to separate right now. Another edition of Ebony and Ivory. Yeah, are you allowed to say that anymore? From the bunker. Yeah, I think so. Okay, cool. Yeah. Good, because this is really tense now. Well, if we can't, I'm sure the Soros-funded freaks will let us know. Yeah, and I'm hoping I'll get one of those $100 million offers from Rumble to take our <laughs> show over there. I actually like the guys over at Rumble yeah, that yeah. I know of, so, but I thought that's, that's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. 
first guest today, Kevin Brady, who is responsible for the Trump tax cuts, along with President Trump, of course, and is a very informative guy from the Houston area. We get into a lot of the economic and finance news of the day. Roll it. Congressman, great to have you back on the broadcast. Hey, good morning, Alex. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing very well, thank you, and excited to talk to you about a number of issues. Not so much excited to talk to you about the Democrats' China bill, which seems like another hoax, basically. Um, You broke it down pretty well. What is this bill really about? Are there any Republicans interested in it? It seems like more handouts and uh, soft on China, but what are the details we need to know? Yeah, no, that's exactly it. As you'd imagine, uh, confronting China uh, is a bipartisan issue. Democrats in the House win it alone with just a laundry list, a wish list of, uh, of, of their socialist agenda again. And the key question, I think, for most Americans will be, does this confront China's predatory um, trade practices? No. Uh, does it uh, hold them accountable, uh, as President Trump did in his phase one agreement with China? No. And then thirdly, does it uh, counter China's uh, aggression around the world? When it comes to trade agreements and, and uh, sort of divvying up the world's customers for China rather than America, and the short answer there is no. So this is $300 billion, uh, mainly Democrat wish list. That really, there's no serious effort to counter China economically on trade, uh, make them, uh, force them to change their behavior on stealing intellectual property from America or uh, forcing companies to transfer their technology to China. So, yeah, it is... Uh, a partisan bill goes goes to Senate. Senate took a different approach, yeah. frankly. It ended up being, I think, 91 votes. Uh, both parties worked together. Wasn't perfect, Bill Alex, by the way, from the, sure. from the Senate, but at least was the foundation to to start with. And it's also interesting because the Republican Party is not entirely unified in the House, and but on this issue, it does seem like there's a few defectors, if any. Are there any Republicans who are interested in this one? No, no, there wasn't. Uh, were there in a bill that big? Is there going to be a couple provisions in there? Yes, but uh, but pretty small for the most part. And again, I don't, Alex, for the life of me, I don't understand why the president won't confront, confront China. Certainly don't understand why the Speaker Pelosi has rebuffed every effort, sure. you know, to combine forces uh, here. And uh, but but they just refuse to. Well, unfortunately, I think uh, my colleague Peter Schweitzer might have answered it. I mean, just the financial ties between the Chinese Communist Party and so many politicians, not just Democrats, but uh, the Speaker Pelosi and the president are uh, among them is just a it would have rippling effect within their families to to, to do this. So it, it clearly is at a minimum slowing their role, if not outright blocking accountability, period. Uh, and we could talk about this all day long. But I do want to mention a quote you gave us at Breitbart noting uh, that the the proposal costs roughly $22 billion, which is far more than the $6 billion expansion oh, yes. Democrats have. Uh, this is the the, um, the, the, trade, adjustment is, the, the, the trade adjustment yeah. assistance, the TTA, which is a twel- trade welfare expansion. Uh, tell me about this one. Yeah. So, you know, as you imagine, you lose some jobs in trade. There's been longstanding program that provides job training and sort of a, a, a wage replacement and some health care if you lose your job due to trade. And it is, I think, one of the most expensive training programs we have. I'm not sure it's really effective, but it's been in place. But it's always been tied to America being out there, you know, finding more customers, you know, for, for American farmers, manufacturers, and workers. So what they do here is they turn it into a welfare program where you get all this help whether or not you really did lose your job tied to trade, it is four times bigger than the Build Back Better 
uh, monstrosity. So when people say they're Amazing. picking apart part of the failed BBB and passing it, no, they are they are they are exploding it more in spending and making it just like the child tax credit, untethered really to work in another welfare program. You wonder why, you know, this administration did another report on how the, what they can do to get more workers to unionize. And as you know, they're pushing for eliminating right-to-work states. They're doing nothing about actually getting workers back in the workforce where our businesses, large and small, need them. It's just the priorities are so outrageously wrong. Well, and, and the question for me is why. I mean, why not try to find something bipartisan here, especially when you look at the the, the public? I mean, the energy in the public just is so overwhelming. Um, against China right now, the tide is so clearly turning against them to some degree. I think there's, you know, various degrees of hawkishness, but it just, uh, who's a big China fan these days, unless you're printing billions of dollars on Wall Street, it seems like that's about it. So it's the, why wouldn't there be a, this, this could be a place where Biden could get himself a win here, which he needs. Nope. Like, what, why, why not? Yeah, there, there's no question. Why not? And, and if you were looking at your polls, the dissatisfaction of the American public Certainly you would course correct, especially heading into election. But uh, he doesn't seem to, to care. Uh, certainly Nancy Pelosi doesn't, in fact, refuses to work with Republicans, even when there are obvious ways to do this. So there is um, they're doubling down on an agenda that that has nearly nothing to do with 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 the American people. Is there an alternative you are offering on your side of the aisle that you think could potentially reach a bipartisan consensus? Yeah, so certainly you've got to confront their predatory trade practices. And President Trump did this in that phase one agreement. Uh, the Biden administration just refuses to uh, to um, hold them accountable, except for some purchases of bag products, which they focus on. But all the other bad behavior they're ignoring. Secondly, look, we need to take real steps to be medically and technology independent from China. And we've got Republicans have introduced from my committee the tax provisions that would allow us to to, to uh, anchor supply chains in America for crucial medicines, medical supplies, equipment, ingredients uh, to, to manufacture all of that. So real concrete steps uh, to prepare for uh, another pandemic or another emergency where we need to be insured sure we have what we need for the American public. That's bipartisan as well, uh, and nowhere in any of these provisions. Uh, Congressman, I want to move on to some other topics that are equally important. Let's talk about Joe Biden, who's targeting lower and middle-income earners with $600 IRS reporting requirements. I know you're personally uh, not a yeah. fan of this, oh, what, but can you first explain the mechanics of it? What's new here and what's the goal? Most people where the Biden administration and Democrats have been trying pushing hard to, to hire 80,000 new IRS agents and as well as this bank surveillance scheme. But it isn't dead yet uh, in the Senate. The White House continues to push it. But what people didn't notice was back in March when the president pushed through that nearly $2 trillion uh, supposedly COVID stimulus, they include a provision that requires people to report transactions on Venmo and, and other those third-party apps to the IRS for those transactions. Those those transactions land principally on low and middle income workers for the most part, just as the higher inflation and, and these tax increases do as well. And so it is um, 
uh, that on top of this 16 million backlog of tax returns that, frankly, every time an average American wakes up, they're getting hammered with another uh, proposal from the Biden administration that is really, it's just crushing them. Uh, it appears that way. And I'm at, I'm curious about how they're going to enforce this. So just thinking about how I've got a small uh, business that I do my publishing out of. And I had one yeah. transaction where I sold some books of my own for, you know, $1,400. And then, but, uh, you know, I spent $1,600 on the book. I mean, is the IRS going to, because I went through a pretty major app, like is the IRS, is that going to flag something where they're going to, you know, try to, to, to try to keep an eye on that stuff really closely when, you know, I, I, I did it by the books, uh, the way I'm doing my taxes are, the way I did my taxes on it for last year. But it's the, it just seemed like the sort of thing that could lead to a lot of uh, harassment of people over really minor stuff. Yeah, it really can. And, and unfortunately, the IRS has a history, you know, targeting Americans based on their political beliefs. The other thing, too, is that I think most people need to know when when the administration says we're targeting the wealthy and big corporations, that isn't the case. Who they think are cheaters are small business people, independent business people, uh, farmers in the ag community. Uh, that's who they're convinced are the biggest tax cheaters. They've never been able politically Alex, to figure out how to go after them. And so that's what the bank surveillance and now this is what this third party app uh, provision is all about. And uh, and frankly, uh, the IRS uh, can't be trusted with that data and information and certainly don't have a track record of uh, keeping that information private either. So is there any recourse? Is there any way to, to, to slow this down or stop it? Or is this just... Uh, yeah, I think is, this, this is one ahead. of those when when the Republicans take the majority, this is one of those repair issues uh, that need to be done. Economically, we have a lot of repairing to do as well. And I think, too, the other you know bad news, I think, for the American public is looking at inflation, this record inflation yeah. for last year. The new numbers seem to show... Not only did the average American family uh, pay $3,500 more last year for the same products they, they bought the year before, but uh, with bracket creep in rising wages, uh, they paid about $1,500 more in higher taxes. So that's a $5,000 hit that's for amazing. an average household. Uh, hey, hold on, because I, I, I want to I want to emphasize this point because it's not oh, I, I have not thought of it this way yet on the broadcast, but it's important, I think, to articulate it this way. I, inflation or the Biden inflation, as uh, I'm happy you're using that term, which we coined at Breitbart, which has gotten a mind of its own. Uh, the, the, the Biden inflation is a regressive tax. It really does affect poor and working class families more than it affects the wealthy. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And people of color, including tend to get hit the hardest and then then the tax brackets you actually you get pushed up into a higher tax bracket like this is you know pain on top of more pain for families where you're you're actually your taxes are going up as well as the cost of everything you're trying to buy and and, 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 and not to mention so if you're if you've more if less of your money is going to savings and more is going to everyday expensive, of course the Biden inflation is going to hit you harder. So then you go to your boss and you get a raise, Congressman, and then you get bumped up into a higher tax bracket. So you can send more. You do. To, you, do. <laughs> so you, get, you get you get hammered again. And and to contrast it with President Trump, so for three years after the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, um, uh, wages were going up twice as fast as prices. So families were seeing real gains. 
in, in, in their purchasing power, but last year wiped out all three years, previous years. Uh, the Trump, I, I, I would say, you know, real economy, real wage gains, real uh, lifting people out of poverty. Uh, last year under President Biden and his Biden inflation wiped that all out. It's a very important point also just to emphasize again that uh, Hispanic, Latino, black communities are also getting hit the hardest or just about the hardest in, with the Biden inflation as well, uh, which, of course, if a Republican was in charge during this time, Congressman, we know what uh, what would be the rallying cry over on CNN. Um, but I want to ask you about some we're anticipating data tomorrow on inflation. Uh, do you think it's going to be really bad? Do we think it could wake people up potentially? Uh, it's the what are you anticipating for tomorrow? Yeah, so I think more of the, more of the same, unfortunately. It's 7% inflation over the past year. I think you're going to continue to see more of that for, for a couple obvious reasons. One, workers are not coming back. The president is, continues to deny that there's a real worker crisis. And so that makes people can't – you don't have people to man production lines, to deliver the products. Prices are going up. That's going to continue. The other thing, Alex, that worries me is that – you know, housing, as you know, the cost, whether you're renting or you're buying, has just exploded. That really hasn't begun to show up in the inflation data. But as people re-sign leases, as they buy homes, whether it's for the first time or a new home, you're going to start to see that. It's a third. It makes up a third of the inflation number, and it really isn't in there yet. So I think you're going to continue to see higher inflation. And as you know, what everyone worries about is what, what the economists call this wage price spiral, but common sense says wages right. go up, prices go up, wages go up more, prices go up more. That is a that is a bad cycle to be in. I think we're in it. And I think we're in it, it too, but how do you stop badly. it? Uh, okay. Uh, you either have a recession or the Federal Reserve has to raise their borrowing costs above the cost of inflation Neither of those are good scenarios. That's right. why we've been pushing the president so hard to not dismiss what's going on, because it, for the, for average Americans, it is a bad scenario. Do you think there's any chance he acknowledges it, though? Because this really has been the approach of the last couple of years whenever there's a bad news cycle uh, for Democrats that just try to ignore it and assume uh, that the public gets over it at some point. But th- these kitchen yeah, table issues are just not easy to get over. They are not, and, and he, he may acknowledge it, but will he do something about it? I doubt it. And a good example is the jobs report last week. Everyone was celebrating it because it came in way above expectation. So, you know, our thinking was, look, finally, those barriers to reconnect to work are, are out. People are starting to come back. But then we look a little closer, and it turns out, beginning of every year, you know, they, the, they, the government adds the Census Bureau, so it readjusts the population in all these numbers. And so that really was sort of a quirk. And so if you take away those technical changes, turns out we actually lost about 272,000 jobs in January. And yeah, this is, the, this is the last place I wanted to go. I wanted to get your take on yeah. this. And this will be the last topic for today. Congressman Kevin Brady, by the way, Republican from Texas, Rep. Kevin Brady on Twitter. Um, and from the Houston area, which a shout out to all our Houston listeners. I think it's our biggest area for Breitbart uh, oh, audience. Right, uh, right. So um, the the let's um, let's talk about this because the jobs report came in surprisingly good, um, mm-hmm. or at least that's kind of everyone's interpretation of it last uh, week. W- what is the truth here? What are you seeing reading between the lines? 
Yeah, so, you know, the way the bottom line is the way they look at jobs each month, they use two approaches. One of them is simply calling households and asking them, do you have a job? Are you looking for a job? All that. And that survey showed that that job growth actually went into negative territory, 217,000 fewer doing that. Uh, The overall headline number uh, really did beat expectations in a major way when they called businesses and asked, are you hiring? How many employees do you you have so there's been a there's been about three months here alex where there's been a difference between the two the president likes the household survey calling them that's what he's been using the last several months uh and um but the truth of the matter is we had hoped this might be a turning point it is not uh and i still think the factors we've got going which is can find workers rising prices uh and these looming tax hikes which are still in the Senate, which could be revived at a minute's notice. Businesses, job creators, small businesses especially, are really cognizant of that hammer sort of hanging over them. The president just won't give up on those tax increases. Congressman, anything else you want to fill the audience in on today? No, I think that's really the key. I I think, uh, again, uh, we should be having banner years. I mean, the experts predicted last year would be perhaps the best year economically we are far from it and i think it it's the president's policies that are that are at hand here yeah that's a it is a true shame and i think people are chomping at the bit to vote thanks congressman i hope to, i hope to talk to you soon thanks alex take care same to you be right back exciting when duck commander joins us phil robertson who is definitely kind of free wheels it there early in the interview but uh, i think i get him focused but overall he's always compelling and definitely one of the unique american voices out there and uh, generally a pleasure to listen to let's play the interview duck commander great to have you back on it's a sad looking situation you know it what's so sad about being on the show or just the the state of the nation well it looks like to me that we've uh, lost our way and uh one of the things looks like we've forgotten is that, that all men are created equal. So these people that try to go around and ripping up, ripping each other to shreds and attacking people for whatever, I mean, I've never seen such a wide game of uh, out-of-control human beings. My take on it is, I, here's the Apostle Paul to Titus, remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, to show true humility toward all men. At one time, we were all foolish, disobedient, deceived. Everybody, when they get a majority of years, get up in these early teenage years, junior high teenagers, we all sin, all of us, every last one of us. And when you sin, you're canceled by God because you violated the law. You broke the law. Jesus shows up in flesh 2,022 years ago, dies on a cross. He keeps the law perfectly, never makes a mistake. And then he dies on a cross to get us out from under it and puts us under grace where there is provision for our sins. That's the way it works in the spiritual world. So I don't think it's a political fix. I really don't. I think it's a 
you know, politics, you know, runs downhill from culture. So I, flawed men, hardly. I will not put my faith too much in those people. So I don't think it's a political fix. I'll vote for the best candidate I can find. But other than that, it's a spiritual it's a spiritual problem we have going on in America, in my opinion. So, uh, Dr. Commander, talk about your experience with cancel culture, because you were canceled uh, pretty early on. We were one of the original people canceled yep. over at Breitbart. And it's interesting to watch it evolve, and it's just eaten so many of the original people who were behind the, the canceled movement. Um, so what do you – you've had a lot of time to reflect on this. Where are we at here? I'll tell you where we are. It, it, we, these people – have not that they don't think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God. You say God is an anathema to them. They 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 hate people who love God, which is uh, kind of interesting. Since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Rome. By the way, if you go to Rome these days. It's quite the change from when this was written. When this text was written right here, I'm quoting, you say Rome was at the peak of its power. But you go over there now and you say, well, what happened? Well, here's what happened. Since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, it sounds like modern-day America. He gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. Uh-oh. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They're gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. I mean, tell me about it. Robbing, shooting, looting, taking spray paint. I mean grown young bucks out there taking spray paint and spraying on city walls on people's businesses f everybody f you f out and you just look at it and you say what in the world ever happened to america they are senseless here's a description of a human being where there is no no god no faith no love no mercy they are senseless, faithless, heartless, and ruthless. Well, there's your counterculture crowd. There's your, your, your cancel crowd right there. Doug Commander, tell me about the scripture and where it works in with cancel culture, because obviously we've lost sight of this at all. But is there anything that we can look to in the Bible if we were inclined to do that, if we need guidance here? Here's what's happened. Everybody needs, they needs to calm down look around and say, this thing is going to hell in a hurry here. And now, I mean, sexually transmitted diseases are out the roof. I mean, it, 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 it's, it's pitiful. The Bible says, love God and love your neighbor. Do what God says. Jesus said, look, if, if, they, if they hated me, I mean, he never made a mistake for crying out loud. I've researched Jesus Christ as closely as anybody on the planet. I mean, he, he never messed up at all. Turns around and sheds his blood for us. I don't know why someone would say three days later he was raised from the dead 
And what the Bible says is you can be guaranteed you will be raised from the ground after you'll be raised from the dead. I'm, I'm like, well, uh, uh, this is free of charge. Uh, I think I'll uh, give my sins to Jesus Christ. He'll take all, uh, all my past sins away, not count any of my future sins against me, and guarantees me I can be raised from the dead. I've read this story, and you know, I, it is a doozy, but I've never read anything like this in my life. Forty-one people wrote the Bible over a period of 5,000 years. How in the world do 41 people get together over that longer time frame and come up with a Jesus Christ? We're counting time by him. It's 2,022 years since God became flesh, Jesus Christ. Well, you would think it take a fool to say, well, I don't even think I'm going to investigate who I'm counting time by. I'm like, not investigate him. And he only requires two things. Love him. I mean, he deserves it, and love each other. So the cancel culture, you say, what's the source of them, Phil? The source is given in Ephesians chapter 6 in the Bible. They're from the evil one, but they don't know that. I mean, you say, well, why don't they just back off a little bit? They don't know that they're dead in their sins. Listen, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. You say, what's he doing? Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. I mean, there's a powerful, evil force out here, and if a human being can't see it, I mean, what is, are they blind? But against the rulers, that's who we're struggling against, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms, their own planet Earth, every empire that there's ever been, I'm sorry to say, has collapsed. Well, we, we, we're on our way. We're on our way. So, unless there's a change of heart in our people in the, these United States, this thing is going to implode. The, the, the godly men like me, the godly... We'll live on. We, we, we hate it. We're sorry. I wish y'all would have thought about it. You, you ought to love one another. I mean, love keeps no record of wrongs. I mean, love does no harm to its neighbor. And they're saying, I'm a whacked out, you know, Bible thumper. Ha! Huh. I've got a hope of immortality here, my man. They ran God out of the schools. I mean, you know, they took him out. I mean, and now we've had 60 years out of the sophomore in high school when they passed that edict, the Supreme Court. They've run him out of, out of, out of our school system. Well, how these, and we wonder why these young people act like they do. Huh? It's, it's crazy. Well, why do we and, cancel people? Why are we inclined to do it? Why, why can't we just let people live their lives why do you feel like we need to destroy people um because this this sorry low down bunch thinks that they are god they are deluded it's the that's the way the power of satan works jesus said look if they hated me they're gonna hate you too everybody who lives a godly life in christ jesus every one of them uh will be persecuted so when they tried to cancel me 
And now I've looked at what they've done since then. I finally just said, I think I'm going to at least put my two cents worth in to, to our culture to try to get people to say, we're just going down the wrong road, and these people ought to be ashamed of themselves. There's a lot of verses about sexual immorality. In fact, it's at the top of every list in the Bible, and whether it's men having sex with men, women with women, that sin is just as sure as the, it's all throughout the Bible. The guy asked me that I think it was a sin, homosexual behavior, and I just kind of looked up at him, and I said, look, don't be deceived. I quoted a Bible verse, but he didn't know it was a Bible verse. I said, don't be deceived. Neither the sexual immoral, the idolaters, the adulterers, the male prostitutes, the homosexual offenders, the greedy drunks, the slanderers, the swindlers, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. And then the next part of the text says, and that's what some of you were. But you've been washed. He's talking to the church at Corinth. It was a wicked place. Thousands of male and female prostitutes coming down, worshiping these false gods. And I mean, it was a sexual free-for-all. It looked like our culture back in the 60s when I came up. I'm 75. So I'm, I'm, I came up during the flower cheer, children phase. So you say, were they up to no good? They were up to no good. And I was up to no good with them. So I used to run with this bunch. But, hey, I hit 28. I said, I'm like a dog chasing his tail. I think I'm getting out of here. I'm, I, what, what in the world's going on? Done run my family off and all that. So I repented at 28 that I've been following Jesus ever since. Therefore, I just try to win them, and we win a lot of them. you got to remember, they're, they're coming to, coming all the way down here to Louisiana, where we are, and I'm baptizing them by the hundreds. They just keep they just keep coming, so don't tell me it won't work, uh, loving God and loving your neighbor. It'll work, but uh, we take a pretty good beating on the way up, but I'm used to it. It doesn't bother me. Doug Commander is with me. He's got a new book, Uncanceled, Finding Meaning and Peace in a Culture of Accusation, Shame, and Condemnation. Uh, one thing that's really important to point out is you, uh, you're you a committed Christian and you're committed to bringing people into the faith, but you also don't mince words about Christians who you think are not living up to the promise of their faith. Uh, and you think that they can occasionally be part of the cancel culture problem. Uh, describe this. We ought to be ashamed of ourselves to think we can go to a church building two hours a week. Two hours. Go to a church building, and that's called following Jesus. Look, the fruit of the Spirit that God gives us, Jesus died, was buried, and raised from the dead. Stayed 40 days to convince him he was alive and went back into heaven. He removed every sin that, that the world has committed. He, he removed them, if they would believe him. So... You believe Jesus died for you, took away your sins, all your past ones. No future one sin is counted against you because you live by faith. We're under grace. There's provision for your sins. So all your past ones are removed. All your future ones are not counted against you. You walk in the light. You walk like Jesus did, and it's got to be more than two hours a week. You have to be a Monday, Tuesdays, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We're in midweek here. You and I are discussing spiritual matters. You say, that's how you roll. You roll that way all the time. 
the fruit of the Spirit that you're given when you receive Jesus by faith and you're baptized. We take them down here to the river. and I mean, there's been a mighty throng since they canceled me show up. Some of them told me, they said, look, you remember all the marchers and all the people cursing God and walking down the road with a sign that said, you know, F you, whatever. You say, you say, you remember all that, Mr. Robinson? I said, I remember. I said, I don't have a cell phone or anything. I don't watch crap like that or anything. I said, I'm just a man here that kind of lives in the woods. But uh, they said, well, we used to do be that way, and we're sorry we did it, and, and we want to be saved. So I baptize them. When God gives them his spirit, here's the fruit. Here's what you'll see from their lives instead of going around trying to canceling everybody. Love through the Spirit, joy, peace, patience, kindness. This is the Spirit and the fruit that we bear, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. You say, if you live like that, you'll never break the law because from time to time we make a mistake. We say things we shouldn't say. Sorry about that. Lord, uh, I blew that one. I appeal to your blood. He says, get up, get up, let's go. Get up, get up, you're forgiven. It's a wonderful way to roll. And I tell, I tell you one thing, peace of mind in today's culture, my man, is a rare commodity. So one thing that you do is you're very open that you've made mistakes in your past. You talk about them a lot and the talk about the price you paid and the regrets you have, which is very admirable because we are in a culture where it seems like no one admits they're wrong ever. Why is this important? And are there any, is there anything you want to confide in the audience about in your past that you think is worth sharing? God loves us. He understands what our problem is. Look, just think about this. He's talking to a group of people, and he said, look, you'll know that if you hold to my teaching, then you're really my disciples. Do what I tell you. He says, look, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free if you'll do what I say. You say, the truth will set me free. Set me free from what? The truth about Jesus, the gospel, his death, burial, and resurrection will set you free from Satan, because he's the one that's got a grip on you. He set you free from sin. Every sin you've ever committed, every mistake you ever made, wiped clean, and you're viewed as 100% holy. So he frees us from our sin. Satan, sin. He's freed us from guilt. You don't have to feel guilty. We're human beings. We make mistakes. God loves us. He sets us free from law, meaning keeping the law and of Moses, meaning we have to keep every little jot and tittle. I didn't even, I, I didn't even keep the top ten. I probably, I don't think I murdered anybody. But you know, don't commit adultery. Don't guilty as charged. Don't steal. Guilty as charged. Don't lie. Guilty as charged. Don't covet. Guilty as charged. He removes all of that, and finally, he frees us from the grave, from Satan from sin, from guilt, from law, and from the grave itself. And you're like, I got one shot, and so do you, my man. We got one shot. If this is not true, the story of Jesus, documented, 
2,000 years ago was when most of these texts were written. You say, if this is not true, no one's getting out of here alive, and when you die, you're just dead, and that's it. I just look at this, and I got one thing to say. I live because I have hope. Faith in Jesus, hope, and love. The biggest one is love. So that's where the cancel culture of the poor souls, they're controlled by the evil one. And when you, you wouldn't believe the change in people's lives, including my own. If you had seen me back in the day, you'd say, well, the last thing that dude is is a, is, a, is a good man. Now you would say the opposite. You'd say, that old guy there is very careful how he lives his life. And he raised his children, and every last one of them are faithful. He's still with Miss Case. She forgave him. One of my, I had a daughter that come walking out of the, didn't even know I had her. And, and she didn't know it either for 45 years. Wow. But some of that whoring around I did, it produces children. Well, she come walking up and said, I think I'm your daughter, and I think you're my daddy. We sat down, had a DNA little session there, whatever, and you say, now she lives next to you. You gave her a house. She moved in, so her and her husband live right next to me. But that's just things that come out of your past. But God is has blessed us all. And uh, so she cried on my shoulder, and so she's right here. She's helping me, and her husband are there. He's an artist. You know, all artists are weird. I said, man, you're going to fit in down here. <laughs> so, Commander, I, I want to ask you about one contemporary thing that is sort of it's a bigger picture thing, but sort of related to the news cycle. Again, the book is Uncanceled, Finding Meaning and Peace in a Culture of Accusations, Shame, and Condemnation. You've been generous with your time, so we'll make this the last one. But I, I'm curious about the apologies, because... The cancel mob, they don't really want anything. They just want to destroy. And still some people, I think maybe people who are on the right, as I am, are maybe more uh, clear-eyed in this. But some people are getting canceled who have not sort of lived the cancellations the way I have and the way you have. They, they think that an apology to the people who simply want to do them harm might be productive. Um, but it, it generally doesn't work. People are generally not interested in apologies. Have you thought this through, and look, do you have any reaction to this? Look, what you do is you just step back, and you say, well, Phil, they're, they're still cursing you. I said, I know it. They, they did the same thing to Jesus. Jesus' final words when he died for the sins of the world, brutalized, and, and you know, the, the Roman Empire, they, 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 they brutalized him. His final words were, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Look, leave, there's one lawgiver and one judge, the one who can save and destroy, God Almighty. So I, the reason I don't go around and, I'm, and banging them and, and, and brutalizing them, the reason I don't do that is because I leave it up to God to cancel them. If if. If they want to live like that and they want to hate Jesus Christ and hate me, it's up to them. But I'm going to let God do the judging, not me. You say, you mean you mean you, you love these people that have tried to cancel you? and I love them as my fellow human beings. I hate the evil they do, but I love them, and I hope they turn. you got to remember, we're all sinful, and it's not like big sins and little sins. It's just we're all sinful. So I leave the judgment business up to God.
And if one, if a bunch of them walk through the door right now from GQ magazine or wherever, I said, y'all sit down. You may be up to no good. You may try to cancel me again. But you know what? I'm still here. So come on down and have a little Bible study, and we'll have something to eat. So I would invite them to my home. I would tell them about Jesus, and I would say, good to see you. That's the way you should roll as a son or daughter of God. Love them. Love your enemies. Jesus said, look, you've heard it say, love your neighbor. He said, I'm telling you, love your enemies and pray for them. Pray for the ones who persecute you. So I pray for these people. I hope they'll see the light and change. My man over here says I've got about one or two minutes here. But I hate to be kind of preachery this morning, but you got to remember, I never went to preaching school, so I'm not a preacher. I'm just a young, I mean, a young old boy that started up, and now done got in his 70s, and uh, I'm just trying to get out of here alive, and I, the only one I see we make it with is Jesus Christ. If y'all got a better story, my man, lay it on me. I'm all ears. No, Dr. Commander, it's amazing, and we love to hear your role on the show. So uh, come back anytime. The book, which is out now, is called Uncanceled. Everyone should pick it up. And uh, not to mention In the Woods with Phil on Blaze TV, which where you can find him regularly as well. Thanks again, my friend. Good to talk to you. I got American parts. That's all for today. Thanks again to Jerome Hudson for helping out, to producer Haley, producers Greg Eben, Robert Marlowe, helping pick topics, and, of course, all of you telling 10,000 friends and family members about the show and about everything we do. Breitbart.com is immeasurably helpful. And we can't do without you. No kidding. All right. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.